0: If you'll take your Bible and turn there, the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. Now we shared with you this morning that this is by faith month. And we are emphasis, we are, in, we are interested in building our faith. And somebody said, well, how do you build faith? You exercise it. That's how you build it. Just like, just like physical muscle, you exercise your spiritual muscles, and that's, that's, that's how you do it. And then the, the prescription, the Hebrews says, He says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we spend time hearing, we spend time enacting that which we hear. And so. Uh, I'm interested in what the Bible has to say in the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. If you'll stand with me, I want to look here at the passage for for just a little bit. The book of Matthew, chapter number 14, verse number 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now we're inserting, we look now at verse number 28. There's a break here, and I'll share with it as far as the synoptics are concerned. That's the end of the synoptic passage. Now let's look in verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee. On the water. And verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, the Bible says he walked on the water. To my knowledge, the most miraculous, from from the physical element standpoint, the most miraculous thing a human's ever done Found in those five five words, to go to Jesus, but we know the rest of the story. When he saw the wind, right? When he saw the wind, and so, uh, our but our thought tonight is taken. The scripture says, "The scripture says, and he walked on the water." That's our thought tonight, and so let's seek the Lord together, Father. Help us, I pray, as we endeavor to expound the truth of the Scripture. And Lord, strengthen our faith and help us, Lord, through this time and this service tonight, in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you very much, and please be seated. Now, the reason I said that the story, the break in the story found there in, in that phrase, in verse number 27, up into that point, when you're reading, Mark Mark 6 it's 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 the same everything's the same okay everything's the same and then when you're reading John 6 so everything's the same but it's interesting that Mark and John don't mention verse 28 or what happened at all following that only Matthew of course Matthew gives us detail that nobody else has Matthew seems to be it seems to be his gift is giving us detail and it seems to be that he, he gives us a great deal of detail and very systematically detail. Luke gives us detail, but Luke is, is a, it seems to be very human. And th- so we have human details. Uh, and of course, John, John leaves out a great deal of details because his emphasis is on the deity of Christ. Uh, Luke, his emphasis is on the, the, the humanity of Christ. But, but Matthew, he sets out initially to... Uh, to of course, prove the deity of Christ and and his royal descent, but if you'll study, the book of Matthew is a distinctly Jewish gospel. It's very Jewish. From the lineage, the son, opens up, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I mean, you don't get any more Jewish than that. That's Jewish, okay? I mean, that, that gets everybody's attention. David and Abraham, okay, now you got our attention. Tell us more. And that's how the New Testament opens up. But you know, the, the scripture says that the Jews seek after a sign. They always have, and I guess they always will. The Jews seek after a sign. And Christ admitted that, and Christ gave them signs. Yet they wanted more signs, and they refuted the signs that they had. <clears throat> and he, he laid out exactly, and he finally told them, there'll be no more sign given you but the sign of Jonas. As, 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 uh, as, jo- as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Matthew 12, 40. So that uh, has just occurred. That, that phrase has just said over here uh, that uh, uh, the Jews seek after a sign. Well, I want you to understand what greater sign could you, could you think of. What, I mean, it, number one, to see the Lord Jesus. Set out across the water, walking on it. Not on a slick level uh, plate, but I'm talking about walking on the water. We used to water ski a little bit, and we were down at Lake Greenwood, and uh, they were, you know, they they had a hot rod boat, and uh, they, they was... I don't know. You, you, know how, you know how guys do each other. It's just, they see if you can kill each other and then laugh about it. You know how that works. Well, I drank about half that lake. I'll just be honest with you. And uh, I, I, it was bad. I mean, I finally got to where I, I didn't trust them to pull me, you know, because they'd pull you back and forth through, your, through the boat wake, you know, and, oh, son, I mean, you was all over the place, and your legs was going. I mean, if you're not good, you know, and I wasn't good, and so they tried their best to kill me. And so, anyway... Uh, my brother had the big idea. He, it, was, that, it was a calm day up that lake, as slick as that, that deck right there. And he said, "He said there's a guy down here skied barefoot." He said, "I believe I can do it." He said, "How fast does that boat run?" And the old boy said, Oh, "He said that boat run 45 miles an hour." Now that's pretty fast. 45—that's yeah. getting it on water. I don't know if you ever been—if uh, you ever been in a boat 45 mile—that's fast. And uh, he said, I believe I can do it. So he, he come out, he, he left the beach and he used to, he could go out on one, come out and come back in on one. Never, he could roll his britches legs up never get his pants wet. You know, just that good. Well, I never was that good. I'd come in, glasses broke and half choked and everything else, you know. But uh, so he, he made it up. And this is what we're going to do. Had a ski belt on. We, we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going we're gonna to do it. And there's an the inlet where we is at and so they tore out on two, and he come around and dropped one. So I swam out and got the one, and I brought the one back in. And he said, now next pass, I'm going barefoot. Well, when I heard that thing coming, I knew they had it pegged. I mean, they had it pegged. It was in a straight line pulling this hard as they could pull, and it, they had it pegged. And when they come by, all I could see is boat. But apparently just before he come into view, he stepped out of that one onto the water the ski barefoot. When he came into view, he was a flipping end over end. And he crossed the whole inlet end over end. He hit so hard, it broke the ski belt on him. And a ski belt's a pretty stout thing. It broke his, he come one snap and drowned him. And I was so tickled, I couldn't rescue him. And so, about let him drown because, yeah, he, he, tried, he tried skiing on the water. That didn't work out too well. I just didn't. Work. But can you imagine trying to walk on the water, and it's still? But no, it wasn't still. The Bible says it was boisterous. It's a storm, and the Bible says in the fourth watch, the Lord Jesus came walking on the water. And just I, for those that, that take notes, I'll just give you a couple of points and look what the Bible says in verse number twenty-two. The Bible says in verse twenty-three, He constrained them to go, and then. He sent them away, and the Bible says uh, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Well, there's some pictures and types here. You think about where the Lord Jesus is at now. Where are we? The sea is a type of the world. The waves and the wind are a type of the storms that you and I face. Where's the Lord at? He's at the right hand of God, God the Father on high. He ascended to the mountain. He's in that Uh, In that heavenly place. And what's he doing? Uh, there? The Bible says he's making intercession for us. And so there's a picture of prayer in this. And a picture of intercession. But there is also uh, a picture of peril in this. Verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. Now I want you to understand they weren't in a rowboat. Now, the boats that they were using, I, we've been on them. I've, I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and I've been uh, you know, in those boats. They were, uh, they, were, they were built. They were rugged. They were built to take it. Uh, they were a little, little bigger than, than you would, would imagine. They were fishing boats. But here's, here, here's the issue. Uh, so, so they're about halfway across the lake, and the sensible thing to have done would have been to turn the boat around and let it run before the wind, uh, uh, you know, with the wind to your back, back to the shore from which they came. But it's interesting that the master told them to go to the other side. And that's what they set out to do. They're born on that lake. They're sailors. And they're told to go sail. Well, that's what they do best. And so they told, and they told, and they told, and they hadn't made much progress and there couldn't be any turning back because the Lord had sent him, sent, told them to go. So let's get the setting of what takes place here. They are in the center of the lake, in the center of a storm, in the center of his will. They were exactly where they were supposed to be. Otherwise, he couldn't have come walking to them in the middle of the night, nor could nor could Simon Peter have crawled out of that thing. Fourth watch occurs between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Bible says the Lord saw the disciples, according to Mark, toiling and rowing out there in the, in the grip of this storm. And it was during that time that he went unto them walking on the sea. Well, let me say this. That's a picture, hallelujah, of the rapture. And he come down off the mountain and took out across that water to, to rescue them. That's a picture of the rapture. Hey, uh, it wasn't, remember, it wasn't a calm night when Christ came to those boys in distress. They were in the midst of a storm. We're in the midst of a storm. We are candidates, amen, for the Lord to come walking to us just any time. We're candidates. And by the way, it was no small thing to be where he was if they were in the middle of the lake, at things, and depending on where you are, Christ had to walk about three and a half miles in a storm on stormy water to get to where they were. Now I realize he could have just, could have, but, but I'm just saying he walked about three and a half miles to get to them in the midst of the storm. He could have caused the storm to happen near the shore, but he, he put them in the middle of the lake, and so it took him. Because that this way, it took him some time to get there. I don't know how long that would calculate to. Uh, walking on, on a road, three and a half miles, but walking in a storm. But that's what happened. He's walking in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the sea, uh, about three o'clock, between three or four or five o'clock in the morning. And by the way, it's the darkest just before dawn. And so this is the darkest time of night. That, uh, so there's a whole lot to be said about about this taking place. And then in verse number 26, there's also a couple of words that are used. Now, it's in reference to them seeing him, but the Bible says they were troubled. And certainly, it's trouble that we live in troubled times. The Bible says they cried out for fear. The Bible tells us in the last days that men's heart will fail them for fear. It's a sign of the times. It's a sign of what's coming. But then something happens that is, is well, I'll just say it this way. There, there's a picture of prayer. There's the picture of peril. There's the picture of panic. And then there's the picture of Peter, the picture of Simon. Christ answered and said, it's I, be not afraid. And if it had been me, I'd have said, Lord, get in this boat. We're drowning. Lord, hurry. Run over here and get in this boat just real quick because nothing bad going to happen as long as you in here. Lord, we've, we ain't get making no, Lord, come over here right quick. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe it would ever have occurred to me to crawl out of that thing. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bidst me come unto thee. What's the basis? The Bible says, if it be thou. Lord, if it be thou. Lord, if it's you, bid me come. He was trying the spirits. He wasn't sure. Lord, is it you? If it's you, Lord, bid me come. And so there is the basis of Simon Peter's trust. But then there is the boldness of Simon Peter's trust, and it's almost—I don't—I I don't, I don't know—I don't know how to how to say it this way. But uh, you know, uh, I've had you know I've had the boys over. To, can, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do the other? And I told one of them. I said, "If you're dumb enough, try it. Have at it. You know. If you you know if you're dumb enough, try it. Go for it. You know. If it you know if you're dumb enough, try it. Well." Uh, I used to ride motorcycles with an old boy, and he'd half kill himself because you'd say, I bet you can't do that. And he'd, oh, Lord, he was terrible. We used to do that to him all the time, and he couldn't stand that. You know, he, did, he just couldn't take that. And if you say, I bet you can't do that, he'd die trying. I've seen him tear stuff all to pieces and broke and strained and everything else, but we'd always argue him on. I bet you can't do that, and he'd sure give it a try. I think that's kind of the, what I thought about when I thought about it. He said, Lord, if it's thou bid me come. And the Lord said, come. According to Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Peter had heard what he needed. He, he had gotten, he'd gotten the word come. And then upon that word, everything else Rested. Now I understand that there are those that disagree with me on this but that's okay because I believe that what we see in this passage is one of the ultimate tests of faith and one of the ultimate when I say tests one of the ultimate trusts of faith. You see I'm going to borrow from David Gibbs. I knew I couldn't find his message. I looked everywhere last night. I could not find his points. I don't recall exactly, but I remember David Gibbs preaching a message, and I know we've played it on the radio, but I couldn't find it. When Simon Peter asked, Lord bids me, come. He, he didn't just ask the unusual. I mean, Sailors love their boats. Sailors, it's all about being in the boat. They're about boats, okay? And he was a boatman. But he was willing to abandon the boat. But it was it was beyond the unusual for a sailor to want to get out of a perfectly good boat. I want you to understand that he didn't ask for the unusual. He didn't even ask for the unbelievable. It was past that. The unbelievable. When I've told you the story about GCR, we're coming up on our 35th anniversary this month. And when word got out in Bavard that 40 people were going to buy a radio station, they just didn't think it was unusual. They thought it was unbelievable. They thought we had lost our ever-loving mind. And I suppose we had. And we went to putting up stuff. Back then you could get $1,000 on a signature loan. And $1,000 was a lot of money back then. I don't know what the ratio was. Well, put it this way. Uh, I, I could buy a brand new Toyota pickup truck for $7,000. I, I bought one in 1990. I bought, a, I bought a brand new little red pickup truck. I give $7,000 even for it. In 1990. And this was in 86, 87. So, it, just to give you what, what, the, what things were, okay, and where, where money was. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the Lord allowed us to do beyond the unusual. The Lord allowed us for church on a radio station, number one's unusual. I had heard that, actually, I'd heard Lester Roloff. In Corpus Christi, Texas, he was on the radio in Corpus Christi, and I reckon for preaching hell hot and heaven sweet, they throwed him off the radio. So he got together and raised the money and bought that thing and went there and fired that guy. And that's exactly the order he did it. He bought it, didn't tell nobody, walked in the front door and he said, you are fired. And he said, says who? He said, me. I, 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 we all, our, my church has bought this thing get your stuff and get out that door. I like that. (laughs) That's like a movie, you know, I like that. And Boy, that sparked something inside me and I thought, praise God. Church is buying radio stations. Isn't that something? That's amazing. I didn't know if a church had a radio station. But Brother Hester Roloff said he did. And I said, praise God, children, that's, that's unusual. Well, one cold winter morning, Steve Kraut come up to the old church, and uh, he'd come up and play for us. We didn't have a piano players, So Steve come up from Tabernacle, and he said, let me testify before I sing. He said, you won't believe what happened last week. Dr. Seitler got up and said that Pickens Radio Station's for sale, and right there in the auditorium raised the money and bought that thing. And I said, oh, my word. Oh, my word. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's unbelievable. I couldn't believe that. That was, that would have been an 84 when Steve when, when that happened. And that just, that, just set it on, that just set it on fire, you know. That just made it even worse. And so the 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 unusual, and then of course the the, the unbelievable. We got, we got shooed out of a realtor's office for trying to buy the transmitter site. We got shooed out like a bunch of wet dogs. Now, we end up leasing it for a long time, but we end up getting it. It's ours. We bought it. It's it's ours. And you know what did it? We got this 10 acres. They were afraid that we'd move the tower here. And so they went ahead and sold it to us. But I've never heard a deal quite like this. A friend of mine negotiated it for me. And he said, yeah, we'll sell it to them on one condition. He said, what's that? That they make payments. Well, we didn't have the cash anyway. And he said, but now I I can't sell it cash deal. I can't do it. He said, I can't do it. He said, it's in a a hay exemption. It's in an agricultural exemption. And he said, I got to catch him taxes up on it because when I sell it, it all comes due. And he said, uh, and and, and the second thing is I want hay rights. Well, we didn't want to mow it anyway. So good. Let's (laughs) Let's let him have hay rights on it. So we did. We let him have hay rights on it. And he said, and you got to pay me payments, you know, monthly. So that I can get my taxes caught up. Well, happy day. You know, the Lord did that. The Lord did that. And we asked God for a radio station, and it's unusual. And what God did was, was pretty well unbelievable, given in the day and the hour which it happened. Nobody much could believe it. And, of course, that turned into the largest gospel AM station in the United States. AM 720, 50,000 watt clear channel. And then 94.9 was our original footprint that we wanted. It took us 30 years to get it, but it was the original footprint. And then something, I didn't even know what it was. We were trying to get internet. We were trying to get, we were trying to get satellite. Back in the day, everybody had these big old round satellite dishes. And uh, so, you know, some people had those, and you could get, they'd have, well, as a matter of fact, I'll give you the one. What's now the Home Shopping Network based out of Knoxville? That, that thing used to be in Newport. And I actually went over there, and you could get a sub-channel off of the main carrier, because they would have several audio sub-channel channels. I went over there and talked to them about going up on satellite. But at the time, there was no way to get between here and Newport, Tennessee. And after I went and met them, I watched them film the show and do, it was live actually, a home shopping network show. I sat there and watched them backstage, do all that, over by myself. And uh, went through all that, talked to him what it would cost and all those things. And then I went and spent the rest of the day with Dr. J. Harold Smith. He interrupted his, his recording, and, and uh, we spent the whole day together. We, we had a good time. Never will forget it. And that would have been in the early 90s. We even got to the point that we were over on the hill. We were ready to buy an Uplink. And we were raising money. We were talking about three to $400,000 for Uplink. And so we started doing the work. And we got, we found out that right smack dab across our heads, I mean right smack dab, draw a line directly across the top of that station, was a five gigahertz uh, system that was at the phone company in Bouvard and to a tower on the top of Shuford Mountain. And from that tower down to Southern Bell in Mills River, right over from Mrs. Uh, Ms., Mrs. Craft's house. just right across from her house. And it was the long distance carrier for Transylvania County that tied us to the rest of the world. And it was going over the county line via this link. And they said, there's no way they'll let you do anything on that. Because it's going to interfere with telecommunications. And we said, well, what if we could do something else? And so we dug a little deeper. And we got a notification from the tracking station to cease and desist. Stop. And I said, says who? And they said, the Department of Defense. You're done. I didn't know it but at the time, but apparently they were testing Doppler or they were doing something to do with Doppler. I don't know what they are doing. Nobody knew what they was doing at the tracking station. They are doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but uh, somebody said that they developed the Patriot Missile Guidance System up there. I don't know if that was true or not, but somebody said that. But anyway, the Department of Defense blocked our even our investigation, we couldn't even get to know what the frequencies were. They said, they're classified. So well, we want to know what they classified. They're classified. We, we have to, if we tell you, we'll have to shoot you. I said, well, I don't want to know then. That's okay. That's okay. Just uh, don't tell us. So it shut down just as tight as it could be. It shut down just as tight as it could be. And one day, our engineer came to me and he said, you know, we could, we could, you know, it's, it's possible to, to broadcast audio over the World Wide Web. And I said, you know, I've heard that term thrown around before, but what is that? He said, well, it's kind of simple, but it's kind of complex. And he began to take a piece of paper and draw them and show me what, what had happened. It started out with colleges, and then they started adding different things. And before you know it, there's this information network. And he said, the day will come, this will be the, all the rage. And he said, the day will come that this will be, and he said, the day will come, this this will be in the air, and people will be able to pick it up. It's what's called Wi-Fi today. Or for those that are, have a, a, a smartphone, it's called data. How I many people overdid your data this month? Something that we didn't even know what it was 30 years ago. Now we overdo it, we overuse it because we're always using data. There was no such thing as that. And so I said, I don't know what it is, but I'm for it. Ralph Sexton got in here in one of the, one of the uh, share-a-thons and we talked about it. And he said, son, whatever you do to reach the gospel, do it. Uh, Brother Lawrence Rhodes was listening. He called me on the, uh, the, the Monday after share and he said, meet me at the Waffle House at the airport. So I went over to Waffle House. He said, I don't know what that is. He said, but will it, kind of like shortwave, will it get across the seas? And I said, well, that's what to tell me. And he said, and you can hear it. I said, that's what to tell me. He said, you ain't got to have no big transmitter stuff. I said, no, that's what to tell me. He said, well, you go ahead and put us down. We're for it. He said, I don't know what it is, but put us down. We're for it. And so we became the, we are now the oldest continuous broadcasting Christian station in America on the internet. We were the early, early, early ones. I think initially we could have 10 people on at one time and it'd start bumping people off. And it's the quality was about like an AM radio, it was support. And so I I thought about what Simon Peter did. He didn't ask the unusual, he didn't ask the unbelievable. But rather, he asked the unthinkable, the unthinkable, Lord bids me come unto thee. And then the Lord said, come. Can you imagine him crawling out over the side of that boat? Can you imagine what that must have looked like to everybody else? They're hanging on for dear life and he's a crawling out. And I thought about it once again. He didn't attempt the unusual. It's unusual to see a grown man go swimming in the middle of the night in the middle of a storm. That's pretty unusual. The fact that he'd leave a perfectly good boat and it's still afloating. I mean a sailor jumping out of a boat, that's pretty I mean if it's sinking it's one thing, but it wasn't. They just couldn't bring it about in the wind and that's he attempted can I say it this way? The, the it was it was it was more than unusual it was it was more than even unbelievable to attempt to do that and i've thought about some of the things that we 've tried over the years, and I look back on it and i 'm scared to death and it 's in the past i 'm scared when I look back some of the stuff we 've pulled it, it scares me i mean we 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 had uh, we had sold Tron and we had to get a bunch of equipment down. So we took a crew and went down there and climbed the old WBBO FM on the top of White Oak Mountain. A bunch of mountain guys. We put hard, heads on, hard hats on everybody and there was two dishes. One was at a certain elevation, the other one was way up above it. I don't know exactly how far up that thing we went, but it was way up there. And if anybody knows me, they know I'm scared of heights. Well, put it this way, we're so high that there was nothing higher. You look down on everything. Everything that was, there was, everything around you, 360, we was higher than everything up there. And we had on makeshift stuff. We had on, Lord, I don't know what we had on. We had on some kind of climbing belts, I, I presume. And we had some old hard hats we'd throw together from somewhere. That was before the days that, you know, I mean, you just didn't have that stuff. I remember, I believe it was Stephen, dropped a bolt. He's good at that, by the way. He's good at dropping stuff off towers. And uh, I think it was Stephen dropped the bolt. He was up high, and he dropped that thing and hollered, look out. Well, when you holler, look out, what does everybody do? They turn to look up. Well, uh, thankfully, Larry didn't look up, and that thing hit. What did, wasn't it your Hard had it knocked off? Pardon me? Can you remember whose hard that we knock off? See that Larry's. We're gonna blame it on him anyway. That boat hit that hard hat and knocked that hard hat plum off that thing. I mean, ching, it'd probably killed him if that thing had hit him right dead in the head. And we're up there, and we're hanging all over the side of that tire. I mean, we're way up on this big FM tire hanging all over the sides of it, taking dishes down, taking coax down, rolling it up. Just like we had good sense. And I thought about how unusual that is for a group of church men. I mean, it's one thing to go to breakfast and eat sausage, but it's another thing to climb a 300-foot tower and do tower work. That's, that's a little bit unusual. And the fact that we get getting get killed is a little bit unbelievable, you know. I've been up on that tower, and the ice was coming off of it. We was trying to get it back on the air, me and Lamar. And there had big old chunks of ice laying everywhere. And there was a concrete roof. And we went in and dug pieces of just to drop it and it was warming up. So when we're going in, it wasn't as frequent. I went inside to check for power. He was outside. And that thing began to rain. Chunks of ice falling off that thing. Some of them long as my leg. Some of them about a big around. And they were coming off that thing and it was hitting. And it splattered. It hurt like you'd been shot with a fine shot. I mean, it hurt. One of them hit you in the head, it killed you. And he'd holler, incoming! <laughs> I'd run back in the door. And he'd watch and He'd get back and watch it. I like to never got out of there. But then what it did, it hit so hard as a piece of I-beam, uh, kind of a U-shaped thing that, that covered the coax between the building and the tower. As a piece hits so hard, it bent that. It put a big old bow in that thing. It hits so hard. We've done some crazy stuff. I'm just telling you. Uh, I mean, I've been on the roof at KJV in the middle of the night trying to get the mar- mar- microwave back going because we was relaying off a of barrel wallet and I've been up there in the ice and have to climb the roof trying to get up there to the antenna and the middle of the night, crazy stuff. It was so bad one year, we had to buy a chainsaw at the hardware store saw our way in to get to the top of that mountain to get that station back on here. We've done some crazy things. But you know, Simon Peter just didn't attempt the unusual and the unbelievable. He attempted the unthinkable thing. What he asked was not just unusual and unbelievable, but it was unthinkable what he asked. Lord bids me, come. And what he attempted was not just unusual or unbelievable. What he attempted was unthinkable. But let's finish and say what he accomplished wasn't just unusual. You see, what he accomplished was way past the unusual. There had a lot of things that we could talk about it, that churches do, and there's things that are unusual for churches to do. And we've done some of those unusual things. It's unusual for the, a church to be given a 22 acre farm, that's unusual. It's unusual for a church to buy a communications tower from a public utility. That's that's unusual. It's unusual for a handful of folks, mostly students and and girls, to take down a 6,000-square-foot building 32 feet in the air, piece by piece. That's a little bit unbelievable, I suppose. A little unusual for a church to set out down the highway with a log cabin. Shut down the town and come like a big parade and come right through the middle of town with log cabins and pieces hanging there. We look like a Beverly Hillbillies. Lord help. Right down the middle of the road. That was the craziest looking thing you've ever seen in your life. I mean, that, that's, people said, preach, I believe you did that. I said, go down and look on the basketball court. It's there. It is a little bit unbelievable looking back. And I think about all the different things that could have been, we could have been squished and all the different things could have gone wrong. Lord, just helped us. After that thing left there, where that creek, where that spring, the spring curve, where that spring come under the road, one of the fellows said, now watch it, thing's undercut. Well, we, I'd have kept looking. I never could see the bottom. Well, after that thing was gone, the after that was gone, we went down through there and I stopped. And I was, I think I had Shanna. I think I was showing Shanna. And I said, yeah, they got real close right here. I said, look here at this track. And that house was about that far from the edge of the road. And I said, yeah, that's pretty close. We didn't have much slack. We was pretty close. And Shanna walked around. She said, daddy. I said, what's wrong? She said, look. I looked and that culvert, that galvanized culvert had rotted off about three feet back up under that road. And what we drove on was an overhang. We, we actually was out over nothing. And we drove a house twice across nothing. That's pretty unbelievable. That's pretty amazing. And what I saw God do and what I've seen God do in these 38 and a half years. it has been some unusual stuff. There's even been some unbelievable stuff. Others can't believe it. Now, looking back, I can't believe it neither. Can't believe we thought we could pull off something like that. But what they accomplished, what Simon Peter accomplished, it was beyond unusual It was beyond unbelievable. What Simon Peter accomplished was unthinkable. The Bible says that Simon Peter, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Only man before and since to ever do that. In other words, it was past unusual. It was past unbelievable. It was unthinkable what just took place. And church, I remember the day that the school, we had to go to town and get copies made of anything. And we were so far in debt that we couldn't pay attention. But we'd gotten our head above a little bit, and I remember going down to Spartanburg to an office place. And they had a little old lease thing that they'd do. And I've still got that copier, I believe. I think it's in the in the cabinet closet in yonder. Little cannon. Kind you put the whole guts in it, brand new, put the whole cartridge in it. And I forgot what that thing was. I think it's six or eight hundred dollars. We went down there and they said it's gonna cost you forty dollars a month. And that was the first thing we ever went in debt for. And that was a huge step of faith. Brought that thing home, set it on the communion table in front of everybody. Lord, look at what we got. Whew. Yeah. It'd do one page about every about every ten seconds, black and white. But boy, we was proud of that thing, and we was a test in the water, seeing if it was firm enough. You ever stick your finger in Jello, see if it's ready? You ever, you ever wife ever got Jello, and you ever, you ever stick your finger in the Jello, see if it's ready? I I wonder if that's how that Simon is kind of checking that water to see what it felt like. Just you know. Checking and see if it firmed up yet before he could step on it. And now, when I think about, and at one point, at one point, just for a few years, thankfully, just for a few years, we had we owned GCR. We had gone up in power. We were ten thousand during that time frame. We had bought thirteen eighty in Asheville. We gave 300,000. We gave a quarter of a million for GCR. We gave 300,000 for WKJV and then we turned around and bought WKJT and Tron I believe for 180,000. It may have been 160, 180, I'm not sure. We were in debt for three radio stations. And then Penrose Elementary School came up for sale. And we bought it. We were over a million dollars in debt and still had about the same 40 people. My day would consist, I'd be in Asheville usually by 7. I'd leave Asheville and go to Tron. I'd leave Tron and be back here, try to be back here by lunch. I'd do it again tomorrow and I did that all the time back and forth. And we'd have, We used to have the stations hooked together to where the three could talk to each other. Christy Norris was down yonder. Uh, Christy Johnson would be in Pisgah Forest and Larry Spears would be in Asheville. And the three of them would simulcast. And they'd talk, do swap shop together and they'd talk to one another over the network. It was, a, it was one of the first things because we couldn't get there from here. So we had to cross that lattice. We had those things beaming up and that's why all that equipment was there. It was the most complex Marty system ever built on the East Coast. It was an amazing thing. And as a matter of fact, we had a 56K line that was, the, that was kind of the beginning of the internet. That's how we did that. That was where that came from, the whole technology to do all that. But I'd wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat because we was in debt a million dollars. And we weren't doing too well. We weren't doing too well at all. As a matter of fact, we were, it, it was imploding on us. I mean, it, the only reason we started the daycare was because we didn't have no choice. I mean, that's that's the only reason we started daycare. It had we had to have something to make the payments. I remember those days. It was so bad that I asked an insurance agent to take out a million-dollar policy on my life. In case something happened to me, it'd pay the ministry off and explain to them what it was and why it was and what it wanted. And I was young and in reasonable health. And they turned us down. I said, no, sir. No, sir. I guess I was afraid I'd shoot myself, you know. But I mean, it didn't have a, have a suicide provision. You know, it wouldn't pay in the event of suicide. But I, I, was, that, I was that afraid because I, I said, it's going to kill me. And then what? It's going to be the biggest bankruptcy and the biggest scandal it's ever been. Oh yeah. I'm talking about huh, unbelievable, unusual stress. Unbelievable stress. 40 people, a million dollars in debt. What are you talking about? That's back when a million dollars buy something. I didn't know another churches that even. I know I didn't know another church worth a million dollars, back in those days. But here we sit. But God allowed us to ask for some unusual things, to attempt some unusual things, and to accomplish some unusual things for churches. God even allowed us to ask for some unbelievable things and to attempt some unbelievable things. And God allowed us to accomplish some unbelievable things looking back. But if you notice, I've stopped short of that last one. If I was a bystander looking in and looking at what God's done, I'd agree that's unusual. And I would say that's that's unbelievable. I, I would go with that. But I could not, in all conscience, say that's unthinkable because it's it's not unthinkable. It's unbelievable, but it's not unthinkable. I mean, your mind won't even even go there. But that's exactly what God wants in our lives. He doesn't just want the unusual, nor even the unbelievable. God wants the unthinkable. So preacher, we can't, we can't, we can't, Preacher, you don't understand, we, we can't stick our necks out any further than it is. Well, God honors faith, and faith honors God. I don't know what God's got. I don't know what God wants. If he revealed it all to me, I guess it would have scared me to death. If 39 years ago God had revealed to me where I'm standing right now, I'd have had a nervous breakdown on the spot. Not sure I ain't had a couple a long way anyhow, looking back. But if I, if I knew what I know now, I'd have took off a of running for yonder end this is as hard as I could run. Ain't no way, no how I'm a doing that. No, sir. I'd have, I'd have pulled to Jonah. He got the wrong man. But what I want to say is that if Simon Peter accomplished the unusual. More than the unusual. If Simon Peter accomplished more than the unbelievable. Simon Peter said, but he sunk. Yeah, but he walked. He did walk. He turned loose of that boat. And he walked on the water. Christ had to help him because he got his eyes off of him. But there's not a better picture of faith anywhere in that book. He had his eyes on Jesus, and as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he is in good shape. He was walking on it. But when he started looking at the winds and the waves, his faith failed him, and he began to sink. And immediately Christ got him by the hand. And here's the thing. He got him by the hand, and that hand held him up. Just by the touch of the hand, held him up. Now get this. They were not sure who he was. He was far enough away that they wasn't sure who he was. If it be thou. Lord, if it be thou. If it be thou. They weren't sure. They had to turn around and walk back to the boat. Now you think about it. For every step he went yon way, he had to walk back. But he walked without holding the hand of Christ going out. Had his eyes fixed on him. And he walked out. almost. But he got to say, well, he didn't get very far. How do you know? Bible said that so where Jesus could get his hand. In other words, he was close enough to where Jesus could reach and get him. That's a pretty good bit. I don't think y'all discount that myself. And then they turned around and walked back together. But as long as he's hand in hand with me, I, 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 ain't, I, I mean, that's, that's not unthinkable. But to walk to Jesus with, with just, just your eyes, just by faith, now that's unthinkable in the midst of a storm, in the midst of the night, in the midst of the sea. That's just pure, plain, unthinkable. And I don't know what the Lord's got. I don't have any big plans I'm fixing to lay out. I'm not, ha- I'm not fixing to tell you some big bombshell that we're going to do this or do that or do the other. I, nothing like that. We've got our plate pretty loaded like it is. But remember, years ago when we were a million dollars in debt, I said we ain't got no choice but to trust God. And now we're out of debt. And the worst thing that ever happened to some people is get out of debt because they don't ever want to go back in debt. Even if it's God's will to step out of the boat, walk out across the water. Going in debt when you're young, you got your whole lifetime. And if you, if you, if you bankrupt, you got time to, to get your way out of it. You, you, you know, seven years and your credit cleared and you can start over. How people, a lot of people die. There's people back bankrupt three and four times before they ever made a success. But when you get my age, you ain't got time to do that again. We was talking about, about selling some property and, so I said, reckon we have sold, and and I said, well, might oughta when it was high. I said, you figure it's 14 years the last cycle, from '08 to now is 14 years ago. I said, honey, I don't think we got 14 more. I don't know we got time to wait, you know. I don't think we got time to wait to cycle out. I don't think we got. We probably missed the opportunity. If we was gonna sell something, we probably missed it because I think we we're over the hump on that, pretty sure. And I said, I don't know we're gonna be around, you know. Uh, 14 years, if it takes that long to cycle again. It may not cycle back. It may not come back up. But even more so, to see the hand of the Lord. And I'd like to hear the Lord say, when we stand before him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say this, but wouldn't it be neat if he said, you've been tasked with the unusual and you have accomplished the unthinkable. Somebody said, the Lord's coming. Let's just sit down and enjoy the ride. No, that's when we've got to start digging footings. That's when we've got to start as hard as we can. So I said, but the Lord's coming next week it, yeah, but if we can hurry up and get these footings dug, we might get credit for the whole building. Right? We might get credit for a finished building. In the midst of all of that, I was, I mean, I'm telling you, I was, I, was, I was this close to a nervous breakdown. We had bills backed up and we were in a mess. We was in a mess. I was an emotional mess and we were in a financial mess. It was a bad deal. Five o'clock in the morning, I sat in Ralph Sexton's driveway, sitting there watching his house. About six, bedroom light come on. And then I saw the stair light come on. And then I saw the kitchen light come on. And I'd waited as long as I could wait. And I eased up the front, pulled in, walked up on the front porch, and pecked on the door of the old house. Miss Jackie come in her bathroom, and she said, "Come on in, son. I've been expecting you." Mister Round walked left, the, just Round left and started. So I walked in. Been expecting you. I got in there in the kitchen and I said, "Been expecting me?" She said, "Yeah, Lord woke me in the night over you." She said, "Ralph'll be down in a minute." She had the coffee on and he come down the steps. and He sat down. He said, what is it, son? I said, well, brother, I stood on top of White Oak Mountain and looked off at them lights one night. Saw them lights of Greenville, saw them lights of Charlotte. I thought, sure, God wanted us to have that station. I said, I thought God wanted us to have this station over here. I said, brother, we're losing all of it. It's it's, it's all, we're, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. I said, I don't know what to do. Well, Jackie had come and she was, had served us some toast. I forgot what she'd put on my plate. And she was pouring coffee. And we I was talking to him and she just kind of listening. And so she came up in between it and she put her hand down on my hand. And she said, son, I just want to tell you, I've always wanted a children's home for little children. I said it's been my desire all of our ministry. She said, we've got a senior citizen's home. We've got a Bible college. Said, we've got television. We've got all sorts of stuff. We ain't never, the Lord's never given us the green light to have a children's home. But I've always wanted to have a children's home like tabernacle got in Greenville. And Ralph put his hand on her hand, which was on my hand. He said, honey, it's okay. He said, God told David it was good that it was in thine heart to build me a house. He said, honey, I believe David got credit for that temple. It was called Solomon's Temple. He said, but I believe David got credit for that thing because it was in his heart to build it. And he said, honey, I believe that God is going to give you credit for that thing. And I put my hand on top of her, on top of his, and when I did, Hot tears hit me in the back of the hand out of her face. Jackie Jackson's tears burnt like acid. We sat there and wept around that table. Just we just wept. We just sat there and wept. More therapeutic than anything I've ever. I mean, we just sat there and wept. He said, We're going to pray God God give you wisdom, son. It'll be okay. God give you wisdom. He said, It was good that it was in your heart. Well, God used that station we were losing. God used the money out of it. We sold it. God used the money out of that to pay the payments on this building. The only way we kept from losing this building was through the daycare and that money that was coming in. And today, that truck I'm driving out there, you know where the money comes from? It comes from trying. We've had that money. We haven't borrowed money from a commercial bank in years. Because once we got that thing paid for, once we got things paid, that money began to accumulate. And that's been our internal source to be able to loan to missionaries, to be able to loan short-term money. And we make payments back to it. And we pay it back with no interest. And that's how we do it. And we've been saving for, for some but we were able just to write the check, no strings attached because of that station that almost drove me to insanity. And because of all the heartache and and I look back, oh my soul, oh God, 25 years later I look back thinking, boy, if we'd have missed God, what would have happened? the devil told me to resign and go on about your business. You've made a mess of this, go on about your business. Maybe you can get you a job doing something, go about your business. But I couldn't afford to leave the, I couldn't afford to leave the church in that kind of a shape. I was ashamed and humiliated because we had done the unusual and we had done the, we'd even done the unbelievable. 40 people, a million dollars in debt, are you crazy? But can I testify, God done the unthinkable. Took a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, but God paid her off by the grace of God. And now what we do, every adventure, everything that we do, we do nothing that we could not pull the ripcord and bail out in a moment's notice. Nothing. In a moment's notice, all the red ink could be satisfied. Satisfied. In a moment's notice. Are we willing in these dark and boisterous days to not just ask, attempt, and accomplish the unusual? Ask, attempt, and accomplish the unbelievable. But are we willing to ask the unthinkable? Are we willing to attempt the unthinkable? And by the grace of God, are we willing to accomplish the unthinkable for his glory?